Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast Invest in You. Today, I have got a great guest. He is actually in the same country as me, I think, but we are having a foreign guest. Uh, please uh, welcome to the show, uh, Arno. Uh, who are you? I'm, I'm well. Thank you, first of all. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's an honor to be here with you. Um, I've been listening to a few of your podcasts, and uh, I've been uh, totally sucked into the into the narrative. So yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Um, and as you say, I, I'm in Sweden. I'm actually, so I'm French um, originally. I mean, my, my yeah, citizenship is French, but I'm also a Swedish citizen. So we have two things in common now. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So one reason, and I'd like to applaud you before going further is, you know, when you contact a podcast host, if you've got something relevant to say, and if you dare to pick up the telephone, you might actually end up on a podcast just like we did. So I like to invite everyone listening to this one, if you'd like to spread your message or be online, well, dare to connect on LinkedIn. That's very much how we started in the first place. So we are both authors and you got a super fresh book. Uh, and we will yeah. dive in and out of that one the whole time. But I just like to say the title of the book because it's made the same as the podcast. So how hard can it be? I let that sit in with your audience and you will get to know a lot more later. So before we go there, you said that you've got two citizenships. How come? Uh, yeah, so my, my wife is Swedish. So, I, you know, by marriage um, yeah. and actually by living in Sweden, I've become, I've become a Swede. So, and I've got three kids now, so I'm totally immersed. Um, and I do all, all the stuff that Swedes do, uh, you know. The, uh, <laughs> Fika and all the oh, other things. Yeah, <laughs> everything, everything. I mean, I'm more Swede than I am a French man uh, nowadays. You know, when I go, I was just in France uh, recently and, uh, you know, I, I feel more Swede, uh, you know, living the, the values of, of Sweden. I mean, I'm, I'm very... I've really embraced all the cultural norms and, and I, I really feel at home here. Yeah, perfect. I've not really done any kind of update with the audience for quite a while. I also feel more Swedish now than, than I usually do because I have been in Sweden for quite some time, mainly because of COVID and also some changes to business, which I'll, I'll talk about another time. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, we discussed similarities, many of the taglines and things on our LinkedIn profiles are quite similar. So you mentioned change and change management. What is change management to you? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, well, it's the this ability to all this. Well, yeah, it's an ability to change someone into well, either a person has to change because because there is a change happening around that person. So uh, I used to work in change in an organizational context. So changing uh, the behaviors of people within a, a company in order for them to execute on a new strategy or a new way of doing things. So it was really about, um, you know, changing people's perception and, and how, they, how they work and uh, typically acquiring new skills in order to be able to roll out, you know, the next big thing within that particular organization. And I was working um, with large, large companies um, uh, in Sweden and, 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 and abroad. Uh, another similarity is sales. How did you get into sales? 
in the very first part of your career that you can recall? Oh, wow. I think I've always been in sales. <laughs> Good. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I've, I've always tried to sell stuff. I mean, both stuff and myself constantly and systematically forever. I've, I've always been like a, a guy of ideas and pitching things around and, and, and seeing if they would take off. Um, and I've, yeah, all my life I've been in sales and first B2C, um, you know, as I started in France, my, my, my career, actually my first, um, yeah, I can't remember that was before prime, but yeah, basically B2C initially. And then, then it didn't feel as, as yeah, I, I thought I could move towards B2B and that's how I started with the, with the change management part. I ended up being like, yeah selling change to organizations so that was really my my thing post my mba yeah yeah um, um yeah but so and i and i've never i've never left it i mean i've, I've always been in sales <laughs> ever since as you know um with the startup thing i mean when i when i called you to do this post podcast obviously there was a, a sales activity Absolutely. Absolutely. um so it's it's all. I mean, there is a Daniel Pink. I think says um, uh, selling is human, right? If if you read the, that book, I um, have, and there's this yeah. Of, yeah, you have right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this idea that sales is a is a nasty thing, and uh, you know, salespeople want to be uh, uh, you know uh, be around with, and and sales as a profession is a uh, you know it's not something you should do. But in fact, we sell ourselves constantly. We sell ourselves to you know, we sell, we sell our kids how to eat uh, healthy, for instance. I mean, every day I'm selling my kids to eat broccolis. Um, and we sell ourselves to our employers and our colleagues. And how, how does that go with selling the broccoli? Does it work? Well, it does, actually. Um, yeah, because so as, a, as a family, we made a... My wife, you know, being Swedish and quite healthy, has always been a vegetarian. And she sold to me this idea of, I mean, imagine a French guy becoming a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, that, that took a while. She worked on me quite a bit, but eventually she won. And, and I'm now a full vegetarian. I don't even eat fish uh, anymore. So, yeah, I guess it works. <laughs> good one, good one. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the podcast name is Invest in You. And we talk about everything here. So everything could be like linked to health. Uh, training, investments, entrepreneurship, self-development. So you can see we, we are scratching the surface here. So another key thing which you've got in, in common is entrepreneurship. How would you just explain an entrepreneur? You, you meet someone you have never met them before and they ask like, what is an entrepreneur? How would you even start? Well, that's a rough one. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least we, we can pronounce it. I mean, it's from French, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Entreprendre uh, in French, yeah. Merci beaucoup. I guess someone who, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's the right shortcut, but who, who dares trying something new yeah. um, and, 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 and proving to himself first and, and then to the world that, yeah, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's, there's, there's another way to do something and, it, and it, it can be anything. I mean, obviously, the first thing that one thinks of is, like like a company but but again can be can be anything anything i mean a, a singer in a way is an entrepreneur I and mean, they come yeah. up with some song or or being an author is is it's funny 
so now I've done the entrepreneurship journey and you know, we're, we're going to talk about this, but the, um, the book aspect is also in some form a, an entrepreneurial endeavor because, well, it's not going to sell itself, yeah. even though the book is brilliant, you still have to make sure that it lands somewhere. Yes. Um, so you have to work at it no matter the brilliance of whatever you're trying to, to, to sell and convince people with. Yeah, no, I, I have bumped into another fellow author and I've tried to get him on the podcast. He's just too busy with everything else he's doing. You probably have heard about him. His name is uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, that's like a long-term thing. I I met him, but uh, he's, he's just too busy with everything else. But uh, there's only one way to get there, persistence. And my point is he very much tricked me to come back more into entrepreneurship again by by his book way back when wow. that, that one was published uh, and also thinking more about the aspect of investments uh, but your book wh- why did you write the book how hard can it be how hard can it be yeah. it's, it's not easy to write a book it's not easy to write a book i think i mean actually it was easier to write the book than to do the the journey the journey that led <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so why the book? I mean, um, so yeah, the, the, the first, so if, yeah, maybe I can, I can take it a bit, uh, Please. Uh, you know, mix match of things. Um, so how hard can it be is, a, is an interesting question. I mean, it's an interesting uh, um, uh, saying, and that's a saying that we entrepreneurs tend to, you know, yell everywhere i mean whenever we try something i mean come on how hard can it be to do x or how hard can it be to, in my case uh displace facebook yeah and you know we were my my co-founder and i uh magnus back at this uh consulting management um firm change management firm in in um in, in stockholm we were you know trying to find ideas that we could we could roll out based on our you know, expertise and, and knowledge and, and interest. And so we went through many iterations of ideas. And, and so this one uh, stuck really. And, and, and we ended up with, I mean, come on, how hard can it be to, to uh, take down Facebook? And, and that's, what we, that's what we went after. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's per, the, per the title. Uh, as it turns out, it's much harder than we initially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's the first part. The second part, why did I write it? Um, I think, so there, there are many levels to that, many answers to that, to that question. I, I'll try to not be too much of, a, of a, doing a monologue, yet squeezing what I think is important. Um, you know, first, as, as we were doing the journey ourselves, we, the entrepreneurial journey, that is, the, the startup thing, we, we always ask ourselves, you know, I mean, throughout the journey, so many questions like, okay, is this, is this the way it's supposed to go? And are we, are we getting traction here? Is this traction? Or um, is this going to go viral? Or how do, we, how do we actually price? Or how, do we, how many of those clients do we need to stack up in order to, you know, to, to, to be profitable or in yes. order to see that real traction? And so as we looked around, it was very hard to get the answers. Um, and it's not that we, 
we knew nothing because we, we knew quite some. I mean, we, we were, you know, educated and we, we, we had done change management for large corporations and we were incubated by, um, uh, you know, a celebrated uh, incubator in the Nordics yes. um, attached to Cotejo. Uh, the the, uh, the um, technical uh, royal uh, school uh, here in um, in Stockholm. Yeah. Um, so we knew, you know, we we had some some basics in place, and yet, um, in spite of all of that, we're still questioning: okay, is this is this the way it's supposed to go? And no one could tell us the answer, obviously, because our our journey was unique. But right. most importantly. You know, in the literature, in the book, in in everything that you can turn to to try to find find out these answers. You know, there was nothing to be found. All the all the stuff that we could find was about success. You know, like once you've made it, you can write about the story, and then you can find perhaps tips or well packaged. You know, the the ABC of of making it big, or the one two three of being successful or the, uh, you know, zero to 100, uh, whatever book. Yes. And so you can't relate to those. I mean, they, they, they are very important stories and they are very important stories um, to learn from. I mean, to get inspiration, but, but something to actually action. Um, yeah, I got it. They, not, you know, they're not for that purpose. And I thought this is, Having now failed at my own startup, and we can get to into that, um, I thought I needed to write that book. I wish I had read myself, which would have given me the clues of, you know, where in which in that state I am now as an entrepreneur. Is it is it the way it's supposed to be? What can I do to you know accelerate my game? What can I what can I do to get traction? How can I? I mean, as you know, in in uh, as an entrepreneur, the one the thing that is limiting is limiting factor is time. So my idea is really that if, um, if I can squeeze in all that knowledge that I acquired over 10 years plus of, yes. of entre- entrepreneurial startups, bring that to you, deliver that to you in four hours. Well, that should be quite a good investment of your time. If you are going into entrepreneurship, um, so I, that's I completely agree. I mean, so many people ha- who are wiser than both of us and even both of us together have taken time out to, to write about their journey. And it's fantastic to get like years or even decades of key learnings distilled by anyone. Uh, yeah, keep reading books, <laughs> keep reading books. So being an author, can you recall which was the latest book that you read yourself? Um, well, I, the last book I started was, um, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Habits uh, by uh, uh, James Clear. Um, yep. uh, I can't even remember the title, but something Habits. Um, uh, yeah, Small Habits or... Yeah, we, 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 we go, go, Google it afterwards. Yeah. Yes, that's good. But I, I just <laughs> started it and I didn't finish it because... <laughs> Well, I, I knew I knew the I knew the stuff. Yes. It, That's again, okay. it's it's an awesome book. I mean, you know what what he what he writes about is is obviously a key into creating habits. Yet, um, I mean, it's very um, uh, it's like I mean, it's not it's not entertaining. I mean, it's not something that you that you enjoy reading. I mean, it's more of a checklist kind of book. I'm not I'm not going to kill his book because it's it's, it's a good <laughs> author, obviously. And it's a, is, is a celebrated one and, and it's, it's a brilliant book, but 
Um, I mean, I, yeah, mine is totally different. I mean, it's not a, it's not a one, two, three kind of thing. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, I just like to show in here a little idea about timing. I will not spoil your story. I encourage you not to talk about timing about yourself either. But timing of launching any kind of idea as an entrepreneur, having worked with lots and lots of startups over the years, timing might really seem as luck sometimes. Sometimes it's very purposeful. But in hindsight, almost every single one of the, the big ones have been really fortunate with the timing, whatever that might be. It might be that they're taking, merging two other people's ideas and therefore it's working. Uh, you might launch a product which is just decided by the market. We are creating it for the market as a brand, brand new thing. But the time is critical for any entrepreneur. Uh, please don't, uh, if you'd like to know about the timing for uh, his his company, you need to pick up the book. So we'll not spoil that at all. Uh, right. So a couple of like golden nuggets from the book. It can be anything at all, high or low. Ideas so that people can apply in their life maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, there are many. I mean, um, so first, yeah, um, should you do it even though it's hard? I mean, harder than you think it, 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 it should be, it could be, yes, big time. I mean, you, you should do it if, you, if, if this is something that you feel you should do, like it's in your gut, like you really feel like you are an entrepreneur yeah. and, and you have ideas and you want to try them. The only way to to uh to uh, you know try them is actually having them out you know pushing them into the market and see the response so should you do it even though it's hard yes because i think in the end end of the day it's not about i mean i haven't i haven't come up with that nice sentence i'm going to tell you now it's someone else's i can't remember whom but it's it's a brilliant one um it's not about it's not about the destination i mean it's not about uh, you know having the prize and and succeeding and having the the money if if it's money you're after in fact it shouldn't be but uh, it's about who you become as you go through that journey um, as you fail because you will as an entrepreneur nothing is a straight line and it's, there's no uh, overnight success so as you fail throughout the journey you will uncover discover new things that you didn't know of you and that will create another different better version of who you are today. So definitely one should try something at least once. And, and for us who are addicted to uh, ideas and entrepreneurship, I mean, it's, it's like a drug, right? It's like I keep having ideas and I keep wanting to try them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with having the head in the, in the sky in some aspects where you get too many ideas. You can't really apply any of them. Uh, yeah, fully, true. fully, because you got new ones interfering, maybe. Yeah, it's hard, and the, the focus part. I mean, it's really important. I mean, exactly, focus. Um, I mean, you, you, your former, your former uh, special forces, and I mean, yeah. attention, uh, focus, uh, laser focus on on the one thing. I mean, execution, which is really yes. what what I was doing as a as a consultant. Uh, it's about execution. I mean, ideas you can have plenty. But unless you execute on them and, and you make something come out of them, well, they're just nice ideas and they, exactly. they mean nothing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so the, the one tip is just do it, see what happens. And, and even if it doesn't work, you can, you can always turn something into hopefully, I mean, it's a step forward. It's a step towards success. I mean, there's this saying, you will fail your way to success. Yes. And, and I really believe this because you grow in the process. And as you fail, you get smacked and you, you stand up again and you, you go into the battle once again. And, you know, never, never let go the gloves and, and keep fighting until, until you, you get your breakthrough, hopefully. Yeah. And if you don't get it, it's okay. It's just this idea of moving forward, right? <laughs> yeah, motion. I mean, like you said that, to, to do things, that's really what sets people apart. And quite a few of entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, wannabes, they have like this fantastic idea. But like you said, an idea without a team, without implementation, without anything is in the end worth nothing. There are very, very few uh, investors that will invest just in a, a single idea. That needs to be a very good one. Uh, you should need to have other pieces as well. Yeah, that's uh, a very good one. I, I actually, I have this one in the, in the book. Uh, it's not a spoiler because, I mean, it's, a, it's an obvious yeah, one. Yeah. No investor will invest in ideas. They invest in the team's yeah. ability Yes. to execute on that idea. Yeah, and to, to build on that one, can you talk about how you actually funded the first few years of your business? A, a challenge that everyone has got. So everything from maybe the startup uh, incubator to uh, did you do it by selling or raising finance? How, how did you survive the first few years beyond living on soup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, initially it was uh, our own savings, our own money. You know, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yes, that's also something investors, they, they want to see typically is like, how, how committed are you? Yeah. I mean, if you can't even put your own savings, that, that tells your level of commitment. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the initial. And then we got uh, lucky in a way, although I don't believe in luck. We pushed our luck and we got um, an angel investor yeah. um, who invested into the first uh, signs of traction. Uh, and then, um, and then that traction faded, uh, and we struggled for many, for, for a year and a half or so, until uh, we had to, to do a pivot. And on that pivot, um, we got traction again on which we managed to raise, um, a first round and then a second round. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you. A key is traction. Uh, as, as you can, if you can demonstrate that your thing is picking up uh, speed and, um, and, and, and people are wanting it and things are happening, then it's very easy to, to raise money. Yeah. Um, the problem is, you know, when that doesn't happen, then <laughs> no one, no, yeah. no one well, wants the, the, to be, uh, it's really frustrating maybe not to reach milestones, etc. When you have got investors sitting on the bench waiting for results, it's really, really frustrating. When sometimes it's things you can't even control, obviously. Right. Uh, and then also we have the aspect of control. Do you feel that you had to give up a lot of control when you had those funding, those funding rounds? Or could you still be in control with your co-founder of the company and, and direction? Absolutely. So that was one of our, of our agreement with my, my co-founder. So we were two uh, main co-founder and the deal was that at, at all costs, we were together because we, we were, you know, 
strong together and we, we, we knew yes. each other. We had built that, that trust and relationship amongst us that whatever happens, we will dilute to the point where together we still, we still have the majority and we can make decisions. Um, <laughs> uh, so that was easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. Very yeah. true. Uh, it's important. I mean, it's, and that's the kind of stuff you, you, yeah, you iterate as you, you know, as you go through the motion. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And again, for, for the audience sake, so you have been working with software as a service. A great thing from an investor's point of view is that like, it's not really the number of people in the company. Ultimately, it is the, the right. tech, uh, maybe the artificial intelligence, the whole box the the secret box what's inside that one and is it scalable can you just turn on a tap and i think that this was what triggered the interest from investors to to continue to do both the first and second round uh, after the first first angel investment so what, what is the strength with software as a service as something that people can invest into why, why i've kind of given away one of the key things but what else is interesting to invest in SaaS businesses. Why is it interesting, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, it's a, <laughs> like everything, I mean, it's a, it's a tricky one because on, on the one hand, it, it looks like super uh, appealing because yes, you can, with one brilliant things executed well, you can touch everyone globally through the internet. Yeah. It sounds like, Wow, this is the this is the, the the stuff that you want to put your money in. But as it turns out, um, it is very expensive to acquire um, new customers without a uh, what you call the the the, the frictionless sales, like the, the <laughs> no manned approach to sales. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just la laughing because yeah, this is a, an ongoing challenge for every company uh, in the scaling up phase. And um, about any phase to sell, uh, ideally, yeah. yeah. This is, uh, I mean, it's fascinating. Uh, you you see those examples of those startups who obviously have managed to do that, but the cost of acquisition for new customers is such that you have to have, you know, such such traction to to be able to justify the the investment that would allow you to stay afloat while while you acquire those uh, uh, new customers typically at loss yes. um, in order to get that, that, that bull uh, rolling. Um, yeah, uh, we, we had a love-hate relationship with that because <laughs> we, we, were, we were coming from you know, the big ticket uh, software. Yes. I mean, we were selling initially in our first iteration, we were selling complex solutions. Like we we're trying to package our service as a, as a complex um, a solution which we would sell on a, you know, uh, like proper sales. Like when I say proper sales, is like yes. stakeholder agreements and blah blah blah. Um, uh, but then that is not scalable because yeah, it takes so much time. It's uh, uh, long sales cycles and so forth. Um, but you flip that and you go for smaller, uh, smaller accounts with uh, uh, supposedly easier to get into. Uh, but the pricing uh, level is different. Everything is different. Which, in the end, does it does it make sense? You know, yeah. it's it's very tricky. And you have to. I mean, we tried both. Um, ultimately, we failed. That's the whole idea of the book: is that ultimately we failed. 
uh, at scaling. So we couldn't scale our solution and we chose to discontinue our activity. I, you know, I say, some people say, well, well, that's not failing because I mean, you've had traction, you did all those stuff, you raised the money and blah, blah, blah. Um, and well, it's not failing in that sense that, yeah, we didn't crash after one year. We did go on for six plus years, but it's failing. We didn't, we didn't meet our vision. So it's failing in that sense. Yeah, we do. So for me, it's a failure, but again, we, we learn so much in the process that, yeah, I think we should change the, the word failure into feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. F f fail fast, fail forward is someone clever said before me. So yes. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you have been selling on different levels throughout the years. If you'd like to give one top sales tip, anything at all, what might that be? Um, well, just, just do it. I mean, just, you need volume. <laughs> You need volume. It's sad, um, you know. So, I, so actually, so I've got the book, which is um, which is uh, written as a narrative. So I'm, I'm going to take you to the answer. Yeah, via, go for it. Go for it. Somewhere here. So the the book is packaged as a as a story. I mean, it's a narrative. It's the it's the anti management book, and the reason I did that is because I I'm, I'm management educated. I, I read all the books that you can read, and they kind of always are the same and 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 they're not really believe in the power of of the narrative of the storytelling of bringing people into your shoes so they can appreciate the journey yeah and if we are if i'm to teach people or to deliver people the hardship of the entrepreneurial journey the roller coaster i thought i might as well give them you know sit with me for a couple of hours and see how that feels and then then you feel whether <laughs> you know something you want to do or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've got a mental. Uh, I got quite a few books on the go. So one is called Tactics about how to raise finance, basically in any possible way. Uh, I need wow. to add um, a bonus chapter about one of my biggest business failures ever. Uh, uh -huh. Like a bo bonus chapter is probably be worth to read the book just to. See my version of your version uh, of of uh, how how bad can it get and how quickly. So yeah, that's that's good one, good one, right? So um, yeah, and and back if I complement this with the the takeaway there. Um, so the book is a narrative because it's more entertaining, it's more engaging. You read yeah. it like you go through it quickly and you absorb it without even consciously understanding that you are reading about tips of how to do it yourself. Um, but then I, I, I give away like a seven traps of entrepreneurship. Um, so, I've, you know, on top, there is a sort of a... Share, 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 one, share one of the traps with us, a taster. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, there are quite a few. I mean, one, yeah, I've got... Yeah, one, one is good. Yes, pick one. Um, well, we're talking about seven, and the, um, uh, the first one is actually... The, the, I call it the uh, F um, the F word uh, sales funnel, and yeah. it's it's um, it's a trap because you you um, there's this belief that the more you put out, right, the bigger the the top of the funnel, the 
the, the, uh, obviously, the higher likelihood that you get something at the end, yeah. which kind of makes sense. Um, but it, it doesn't mean that you should, you know, uh, sh- should gun everywhere and, you know, sprinkle and pray. Um, it doesn't work this way. Instead, so my approach to the, the sales funnel is, yes, you have to think that way, but you have to be specific. You have to be so niched and so targeted yes. that it's not about spring and praying. It's really about focusing on who has the highest likelihood to, to buy your stuff and then targeting that particular uh, you know, uh, target uh, profile customer or how you've defined your your avatar um, and, and go after those. So there is the, um, I think it's called, is the, the chief editor of, of the Wired magazine says that um, you, you have to have 1,000 fans. You know, yeah. 1,000 people who believe in your stuff is more than enough to, uh, to sustain your business. You don't need a million guys. You don't need to you know, shoot everywhere. You just have to find those 1,000 guys who actively will, will promote you, will, will, uh, will, will buy anything you sell because they are, they are believers of, yes. of, of what, you, what you have to say, right? Um, wow. So that's, that's one of the takeaways from the, uh, the traps, the seven traps. Another one is um, uh, uh, go uh, with uh, the gut. Uh, I, I'll, I pause you there. I pause you there. Throw in, sure. throw in two two things. So w- one thing links to the sales fund is is um, sh- shit in, shit out. So yeah, like <laughs> to build on mm-hmm. what you said, uh, and another sales learning from my my mid time uh, consulting partner career is at one time I was targeting su- two small companies which ultimately could not afford to buy at a greater scale. So I was fishing in a too small pond, so I can just get uh, a certain ticket price. And, right. and when I eventually understood I need to find a bigger pond where I can have bigger fish, then that made a, a big difference to my own sales uh, performance. Uh, yes. I'm sure you can relate to that as well. Because you've had like from, from big initially to to smaller and higher quantity later as well with, with the company we talked about. Totally. Which is obviously tricky to do when you are, when you are trying to sell something that you don't know if, if there is even the market for. True. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, you have to try a bit everywhere, see, see where you get traction again, uh, the first signs of traction um, and, and see. So there's another one like, the illusion of traction. I've, I've coined that. I'm, happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that many people listening can relate to that. Yes. Please. Yeah, it's carry, carry <laughs> to believe that you are having traction, but are you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, so many exactly. times we were there, we were like, okay, this is it. We have, you know, the dots seem to align and they seem to look like a trend. Um, but no, it was like an illusion of it because... We couldn't. We couldn't keep up the engine. Yeah, often we we need to think about what we are measuring because ultimately what we measure gets done. And sometimes, like you said, you you might be really busy, but being busy might not be the best gauge on that you're doing. Yeah, that you have got motion even in the right direction. Because I can fill my day with lots of stuff, uh, not necessarily what my wife wants me to do, or or maybe what uh, an employer wants me to do, or or customer. It's very easy to fill your time. For totally. sure, for sure. Totally agree. So the, the 
podcast name is Invest in You. When you hear that, what does it make you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, as a, through the journey, I, I didn't invest in me, actually. Um, it, it's quite interesting because you're so focused on, on your thing that, I mean, I've always been in sports. I've, I've always been doing a lot, of, a lot of things, but I was investing in my, you know, hopefully my good fortune with this, this startup, yep. which turned out sour. But um, now I flipped this and I definitely embrace the invest in you uh, from a health perspective. Perfect. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's so easy to, uh, you know, work, uh, you know, till, till two, three a.m. every day, which is what we were doing, you know, burning the, the midnight oil, as, as they say. And, yes. and that's not healthy. And that is, that is killing you. I mean, you don't even notice it. You believe that, that you're productive. I mean, I really was in this belief that as I was working longer hours later, I could achieve more. But that was just yet another illusion because the next day I was shattered and, and I couldn't achieve anything. And that's only the stuff that you that you realize are that you can that are perceptible. Then there's yes. the other stuff that you don't even see. And as we know, sleep is a big thing. You have to sleep, um, otherwise you die earlier. And if you want to make a difference in the world, one thing you should try to avoid is dying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So top tip: go to bed. Good one. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Uh, and another phrase we often ask our guests is what has been your favorite office so far and that can be anything at all uh the virtual office <laughs> oh i like it so you've been working virtually i presume over the last couple of years now with covid or even before yeah uh, yeah, yeah before actually uh, i described this in the book quite quite uh, intensely um because as, okay, as part of the entrepreneurial journey, there is also the the whole, you know, what's you know, all the actors within your your journey, and and in my case, it was my wife, my kids. I mean, it's it's just beyond yourself. It's it's an ecosystem. Yes. And so my wife got a job. Um, she works with the um, uh, the, um, the not the government, but the the, the not the ministry either, but Kelsey, something called CEDA, the CEDA, if you know. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Like it's, it's, a, it's a national aid organization. Foreign, foreign aid, yes. Yep. And so she got an appointment, she got a, a position uh, abroad in Africa. And it was a tough one because uh, she tried to sell me the idea of, of uh, you know, going to Africa. At first I resisted, you know, the whole change management journey. No, 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 I don't want to go. And then eventually she won again. We ended up in Africa. And uh, I had to work virtually and actually fly back and forth uh, to Sweden, which was exhausting. Um, so I've been used to the virtual, which is, you know, kind of cool because now when, when everybody sort of panicked for during, during COVID, for me, it was just business as usual. So virtual office is really something I... I've been uh, thriving on. Yeah, no, I've, I've been trying to set up a number of businesses and ultimately have the goal to make myself redundant 
what do I mean by that? Ultimately, to, to grow to the level where it can actually replace itself with another uh, managing director, etc., and just have the, the ongoing recurring revenue, ideally. So I can yeah. completely relate to, yeah, I've been working all over the world with my businesses because that's how they were designed in the first place. But that is not something which happens without design or uh, thought ideally before afterthought to make yourself redundant or out of the office might not be so easy but today with current experiences i even spoke to a company which only a pure business idea is to hire people globally so obviously they also should have a complete virtual staff as well i that was one of my questions to them like so how how where do i need to be it says this london here uh, do I actually need to be there if I should work with you? And uh, of course, I had to say no. <laughs> I wow. could be anywhere. So yeah, I like the sound of that. That's, Definitely. That's, that's another one that when you said um, make yourself redundant, that's another big one for entrepreneurs, I think, because if you are the only closers of the of the business, yeah. then it's definitely not scalable. So that's exactly. something I've been you know, exactly. looking at constantly. If I'm you know, if you need me to close that deal, then we have a problem because I can't scale. Exactly, and you, you can you ultimately you can't do what most entrepreneurs want is to sell the business. It doesn't work if you are ultimately on the business yourself. Yeah, you know, exactly. one man band businesses are not really sellable, and uh, same with where you are completely a necessity of the business. That means that will usually be. Uh, and earn out where you will be forced to work one, two, three years to reach targets for, to even be allowed to leave the door with your right. hard-earned money. That's true. That's true. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So we have been going for a while. I would like to ask some people who would love to get in contact with you. Uh, your yeah. details will be in the show notes, of course. But where can people reach out to you and where can they find the book? Yeah, so the um, so I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. That's my, my go-to. Um, so LinkedIn, if you Google my name, or if you yeah, think, look onto LinkedIn for for me, you'll find me. Um, otherwise, the book is available everywhere. I mean, literally on every platform that exists. Um, you know, Amazon, if wherever you are in the world, uh, but also specific um, national platforms. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in Sweden, we have Academy Bookhandel, Puntese, yeah. uh, Bookus, uh, all that stuff. I mean, there. I mean, if you Google how hard can it be, startup lessons, yes. you'll get it whether you are in Taiwan or in, um, in uh, Germany. It's, it's everywhere. Really. Perfect. Good. And I've got a website, by the way. Yes. Um, how hard can it be, thebook.com? Yeah. Um, where I'll try to, to, to build that community and to, to share more stuff. And that's where you have the free, the freebie, the seven traps of, uh, you know, getting to, to startup success that you can pick up after you picked up your book. So Perfect. yeah, that's very good. Yeah, no, we, we like freebies. We like good content. And I'd like to thank you so much for joining us on the Invest in You podcast. So until next well, time, thank, thank you. you, Frederick. It was awesome. Thank you.